You're listening to the Violence Design Lab Podcast, Episode 2. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab Podcast, putting the science in theatrical violence. Now here's your host, David Barefoot. Episode 2. I'm David Bareford, theatrical violence designer and founder of the ViolenceDesignLab.com. I started this podcast because I wanted to share with directors, actors, and the next generation of designers what I've learned in 250 productions and 25 years of experience. My artistic career, well, my passion really, is helping directors and designers craft the fights and scenes of violence that are often called for in live theater. I love staging ferocious life-and-death struggles and physical comedy and swashbuckling sword duels and all the other forms of fighting and mayhem that come up while keeping the actors absolutely safe and free from harm. The Violence Design Lab is my way of giving back to the theater community and hopefully helping out the next generation of designers. Today, I'm mostly talking to the directors out there, although designers should be able to find a bunch of useful information in the episode as well, since it's always useful to get a glimpse into how the other person thinks, right? And as an added bonus, I put together a quick worksheet for directors to help you analyze those important moments of violence in your show, so you and your violence designer can quickly get onto the same page. It's called Four W Questions Your Fight Demands to Know. So stick around to the end of the episode, and I'll tell you how to find it. So let's get right into it. If you direct plays often enough, you're eventually going to choose one that includes violence. It comes up more often than you might think, because well, people in my line of work use that term violence to include not only times when one character is actively trying to harm another, but any moment of physical business that might pose a safety risk for the actor. You know, someone falls out of bed, or faints, or trips on an electrical cord and pulls down a lamp. I mean, those kind of things. Now, some plays have obvious fight scenes, like Hamlet or Extremities, while others may only have a single punch or a slap or a brief moment of struggle. I mean, even comedies have violent bits or physical comedy stunts that can be a real danger for the actors. Think of uh, Gary's Stairfall in Noises Off as a classic example. Then there are those, quote, sleeper shows, I call them, that you think don't need a violence designer until you notice, hey, my actors are getting really banged up. I just designed a very brief moment last week for a show called Southern Comforts, where a man gets stuck out on a roof and has to wriggle headfirst through a partially open window onto the floor inside the house. But the windowsill was bruising up his thighs and shins, and the gag was pretty uncomfortable. So the director called me in to make it work better. It didn't take more than half an hour of rehearsal time, and we worked out the stunt so it was funny for the show without actual pain for the actor. Well, the big question then is, do you need help to stage the violence? Well, if you're mounting a show that has extended fight scenes, especially if it involves guns or swords, most directors routinely seek outside help, unless they themselves are experienced violence designer. And this is certainly the safest way to go for actor safety and insurance liability. And it can even contribute to rehearsal time efficiency. Yeah, while, you know, Hamlet and Laertes grapple by a gravesite and measure their foils, the director can be working with Polonius and Ophelia, or staging the play within a play to catch the conscience of the king. But in my experience, the 
danger zone of theatrical fighting occurs in plays with only small bits of violence, especially those modern dramas with short, unarmed scuffles. I mean, these are the productions that very commonly try to get by without a fight professional. I mean, if the play requires just a punch or two, do you really need to go to the trouble of finding a fight person to come in and take up your precious rehearsal time to stage the violence? I mean, couldn't you just simply block it yourself or let the actors figure it out? Well, first... Let's talk some legalities. Can you do it yourself? Well, if you don't identify as a violence designer and your theater is under an Actors' Equity Association contract, the simple answer is no. The standard AEA contract stipulates, and I'll quote for you, all stage fights will be staged with on-site consultation by a qualified professional, i.e., one who has expertise in first aid, stage combat, and, where appropriate, fencing and or martial arts, end quote. Now, there is not much wiggle room there. Although, to be fair, the fact that they listed first aid as a required skill before stage combat does make me raise an eyebrow. Anyway, but for non-union theaters, however, there's no legal standard about who can or who cannot stage the fights. But I want to stress, there is simply more than laws and union rules involved here. I mean, safety is critical, yes, but it's not the only factor. You see... Violence in a play usually happens at the dramatic high point of the scene, of the act, or the climax of the whole show. And you don't want to settle for, hmm, not actively painful at such crucial moments, right? I mean, why would you painstakingly rehearse and perform two and a half hours of Hamlet only to settle for, well, at least it was safe, in the ten minutes at the end when everybody dies? I mean, you want something that blows your audience away, that puts them on the edge of their seat, and leverages all the power of live theater. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong, theatrical violence has to be safe, of course, but it also must have illusions that are effective for the audience, and whether that's a realistic illusion or a properly stylized one, it has to be effective, and it has to tell the right story of the play and of the characters in a way that matches your vision of the production. Let me explain what I mean about that last point. Your play may only call for a single punch, but that one punch also needs to read as a convincing hit to the audience, no matter where they're seated. They all paid for a ticket. And a violence designer can craft the right kind of punch. I mean, think about it. A boxer punches differently than a street thug, or a housewife, or an enraged accountant. I mean, every piece of choreography reveals character, and you don't want your actor's work to say one thing, and their violence something else. And putting all the pieces together of what choreography says or conveys, that requires training and experience, and even a director who's taken some stage combat workshops may not be up to the task to stage that, quote, simple punch. Now, some of you directors have been trained in stage combat. That might even be why you're here. And if you've had some experience with it, you can probably choreograph a safe punch or a struggle that the actors can do without injury. And if you're wondering if you're ready to design a violent scene, make sure you check out my first episode. I pose three questions to help you decide if you're ready to tackle it. But if you're doing a play with violence and you've decided it is beyond your skill set, you need to find a specialist. (laughs) So... Directors and other people often ask me, violence designer, fight choreographer, stage combat coordinator, fight director, why are there so many titles for people who stage fights, and is there a difference between them? 
Well, unlike most theatrical specialties, there's not a industry-standard job title for our craft. Now, functionally, all of those titles describe the same role. They're the person who's responsible for conceiving, choreographing, rehearsing, and supporting all the moments in a play where characters are in physical conflict or receiving bodily harm, or when actors are performing stunts that risk their personal safety. So, on one level, it doesn't matter. But, back in 1996, when I co-founded R&D Choreography in Chicago with Richard Gilbert, he and I decided that the term violence designer best described what we did. I'm not sure if we coined the term per se, but no one we knew was using it at the time. Back then, fight choreographer was the most common job title. And Rick and I certainly did a lot of fight choreography, but we also felt there were large parts of our theatrical responsibilities that were left out by that title. First of all, the word fight implies two or more people in conflict, and many moments of violence aren't like that at all. A hanging is not a fight, right? Nor is Titus Andronicus cutting off his own hand, or a character falling over the back of a couch. I mean, it's simply not a fight in the classic sense. Violence is a more all-inclusive term, so it's a little more accurate. And we chose the title Designer partly because it matched our the other theatrical specialists, like set designers, light designers, costume designers, etc., and partly because the term acknowledges that a good fight professional is literally designing the look, feel, and action of the fight, not simply choreographing cool moves in a sequence. And I am pleased to see that there's more and more fight professionals billing themselves as violence designers, and for ease of use, that's how I'll refer to us for the remainder of this podcast and, frankly, my life. So, how do you hire a violence designer? Well, while I know a bunch of violence designers across the country, odds are I can't literally help you find one in your area. In the future, as the, as the Violence Design Lab grows, I hope for that kind of networking, and I hope it becomes possible. But right now, your best bet is to ask other theater people for recommendations or resort to Google. And by the way, the next time you see a show that has obvious violence that you like, jot down the name of the designer for future reference. But say you do find a couple of designers in your area. Well, this brings up your next challenge. How do you pick one more intelligently than throwing darts at a phone book? Well, first just like you would for any job position, ask for their resume and a demo reel, or if they have any other work in shows that are currently running. It's perfectly fair to ask for a designer's qualifications. We don't get offended by that. You know, how many shows has she designed? Were those theaters similar to yours? Does she have experience or training in the kinds of fight your show requires? Now, of course, a printed resume can only tell you so much, which is why demo reels, which are often available through a quick YouTube link these days, they can give you an idea of the end result a particular violence designer can produce. But be aware, uh, however, that every show is different. And just because a designer has no Rodgers and Hammerstein productions on her resume doesn't mean she can't design your Oklahoma. So bring him in for an interview. And by the way, when you set up this meeting, let him know it's a preliminary interview. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Now, a bit of truth here. On two occasions, at least two, I've shown up to what I thought were interviews or pitch meetings, only to be joined by other designers and realize, oh, I'm actually at the first production meeting. I guess I'm hired. Yeah, so be clear on that. Bring in the guy for an interview, but don't bring him in blind. Once you contact the designer, send him a copy of the script and give him a little background info about the theater and your vision of the show. You don't have to get too elaborate, 
But a traditional staging of King Lear, for example, that's being done on a replica of the Globe Theater, well, that's going to have different violence needs than a Lear set on an Oklahoma farm during the Dust Bowl. So, I mean, give the guy a chance to know what he might be in for. Then sit down over coffee and talk. I say that because so far I haven't met a fight guy that doesn't do coffee, and if I did, I wouldn't trust him necessarily. So listen to what he envisions for the violence, realizing it's all conceptual now, and give some feedback. Bounce around some ideas. You may find you're on the same artistic page, or you may discover that you have very conflicting styles. I mean, better to find out now than two weeks into rehearsal, right? Use this pitch meeting to find out if the designer might be a good match before you commit to anything. You'll know when you've found a kindred spirit. Now, this is a personal preference, but when I talk design with you directors, I really don't want you giving me specific choreography suggestions, unless there's something exactly called for in the script or something you need very specifically. Why is that? Well, because there are so many variables that go into determining choreography. Sight lines, character goals, their fighting background, tone, just to name a few. So, if you pick choreography without considering all those things, that means you are saying something unintentional to the audience. And what you're saying might run cross-grain to what you're trying to say elsewhere in the show. So, rather than telling me, maybe he punches his brother in the arm. No, no, no. Tell me, I want their scuffle to look like brothers fighting rather than guys trying to kill each other. Okay. In other words, tell me how you want the violence to feel, or what you're trying to convey to the audience about the story or the character. Let me do the heavy lifting about uh, the choreography. After all, that's what I do. One of my favorite examples of this was when I was designing a show for Lawrence Bryant at National Pastime Theater in Chicago. He described a fight he wanted in a scene as two junkyard dogs fighting in the street. I mean, wow, I mean, that's an image I can hang my head on. I can design the heck out of that fight. So, give me those kind of things, and then we'll talk. Now, once you think you're on the same artistic wavelength with this uh, designer, and you think you'd like to work with her, it's time to hammer out some details. There's a few other things to make clear as soon as you can. Knowing this will help the designer conceptualize a vision for the violence that is realistic, given the parameters required by the theater. Now, obviously... Money is likely the top concern here. This is something you have to negotiate with each designer individually. There's no set fees, you know, uh, so each show, each theater is different. So that's one thing you'll have to work out. Often, designers will work with you, especially if the violence is not a major part of the show and depending on the length of rehearsal they expect. So beyond their stipend, what is the budget for weapons, effects, and expendables? Realize that just because you've hired a fight designer or a violence designer, this may not be your only violence-related cost. Many shows are going to require weapons and wound effects and special protective gear and consumables, you know, like stage blood and breakaway effects or blanks for guns that fire. Don't be surprised if every shot you fire with that gun is upwards of 75 cents per round. Okay, so it can add up quickly. Next is, who is responsible for obtaining these weapons? Sometimes you can work this out at the first production meeting, or you can work it out here. Sometimes the violence designer has them available to rent from, to the theater, or knows resources where she can get them for rental. This is the main reason I like to have this discussed in the interview, because you might find one designer who's just starting out and doesn't have any weapons, and you might find another uh, guy who's got an entire armory of you know 50 swords there that he's willing to rent, and that might be an easy place to get the weapons that you need. Now, 
sometimes there's that prop designer is going to get your weapon, so you need to work it out based on your specific theater. Next thing is how much rehearsal time will be needed. <laughs> Figuring out rehearsal time for fights is another episode in and of itself. In fact, I'll make a note of that to discuss that later. Um, the designer should be able to give you a ballpark idea of how many hours might be required to get them taut and up to speed, but I gotta tell you, don't be surprised if the number she gives you is higher than you expected, right? Directors often ask, how much time will this take? And I say, all of it, or how much have you got? Because I tend to get greedy. I know it's only a few seconds on stage, but it does require hours to teach it and make it look great. There's no mystery. The more time you spend rehearsing the fights, the better they'll look, and we will try to gobble up as many hours as we can get to give you the best fights possible. But there has to be some negotiations there. Once you've gotten through these things, you've found the designer, they have your concept in mind, they have the script, great. Go ahead and let's start the show. You hire them. Remember, please include the designer in the production meetings. Again, this was another reason that I use the term violence designer, so that you remember, oh yeah, all of my designers come to my production meetings. Great. I mean, their design will be profoundly affected by your vision for the show, not to mention the design of the sets and costumes and lights and sounds and all the other technical elements. So, in order to fit fights which in order to design fights which fit organically into your production, the violence designer needs to be kept up to speed with what's happening on the production side as well. So, that's it. That's the main interview process to bring in a violence designer. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show the worksheet for you called 4W Question Your Fight Demands to Know. These are homework for you as you think about the fights, as you're planning out your production. These will help you as a director to direct them more effectively. They'll also help you in the interview to be able to speak on an artistic level with the violence designer. So let me run these down for you. Number one, who's fighting? Violence is about relationships. It's not just about cool moves. I like to tell design students that there's no such thing as a sword fight or a fist fight or a gun fight. It's a fight between those characters. The fist, the sword, the guns, those are just tools. So know who's fighting. Next, know where they're fighting. Yes, the actual location on the set is helpful. If you know what your set looks like, the more information you can give the designer up front, the better. But you also need to know the immediate location, like the fight location in the world of the play. Is it inside a house? Is it out in a patio? And the world location. That is that means, is it in Ireland? Is it in the desert? Is it, you know, where is it in the world of the play? When are they fighting? Be able to give your designer the historical era of the fight, whether it's modern or ancient or Elizabethan or what have you. Or if it's some amorphous time period, because that's fine too. That allows a lot of leeway and flexibility and weapon choice and things. So be able to tell them when they're fighting. But the most important W question is the fourth one. What is the goal of the fight? Now, this has a few levels. First of all, there is the plot goal. What has to happen in the fight for the story? For example, Romeo and Tybalt. Tybalt has to die. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Tybalt does not make it to Act 4. That fight must include Tybalt getting killed. Period. Next thing is, 
character goal. What is the character goal? In other words, what does the character say he or she is fighting for? See, most fights are voluntary. That means if a character isn't physically cornered or simply blindsided and ambushed and beat down, that means a fight is a choice. They have weighed their options of running or submitting or whatever it is and have decided to fight back. Sometimes you're like, well, that's not a choice. You can either die or, or fight back. Well, that is still a choice. So you have to know what does the character want from this fight. The third thing, what is the playwright's goal for this fight? Why do they write it in? For example, start of a James Bond film, what is the first thing we see? Well, we see an opening sequence of him getting some piece of technology or information and doing this daring escape, usually involving skiing and planes and cars and that kind of thing, a lot of explosions. What's the goal of that? Does it matter to the story we're about to tell? Actually not. It is a character uh, demonstration. It shows us who our main character is. So that might be why that fight is in there at that point. The other goal I want you to think, the what is the goal, is what is your goal for the audience? In other words, how does this fight or the violence affect your audience? Is it a shock goal where they go, oh my gosh, that's so brutal, it looks so real. That'll tell your, your violence designer one thing. Is it for entertainment? I mean, if we see a, a lovely, you know, Three Musketeers duel that's, that's swinging from chandeliers and having a whole bunch of fun, the audience loves that. It's exciting and thrilling, and they're on the edge of their seat, and they're going along with it. Very different than if I'm doing extremities. So those are the four what, the what goals. Your plot goal, your character goal, your playwright's goal, and your audience goal. So once you know those W questions, those four W questions, that will really help you talk to your violence designer and let them know exactly what you're looking for. That will really make the sh their fights cohesive within your show. So to get that checklist, since I, I put that in a PDF for you, since I know you might be listening to this episode when you're out running or, or working or whatever and couldn't take notes, uh, I have that posted on the website. To get it, simply go to violencedesignlab.com, click the resources link on the menu bar. That takes you to a page where you can see all my freebies that I mentioned in my episode, and you can sign up as a lab rat to get access to all the, the bonus content and future updates and that kind of thing. Well, that's it. If you found this information useful, please take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and like me on Facebook. That moves my feet up the rankings, and it helps other people find me. On Facebook, you can find the lab at facebook.com slash violence lab, and you can ask questions or leave comments for me there or on the website by clicking the Ask David link on the menu bar. You can subscribe for regular email notifications of blog posts, podcasts, uploads, and new content by becoming a lab rat, or by clicking the Lab Reports tab in the top right corner of the website. Once again, thanks for joining me, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Until then, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com.